Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Becoming a Winged Wheel Podcast patron is worth it just to watch the pre-show video for this episode and Ryan's reaction when Evan shows up 25 minutes late to the mock draft, but then sits down and busts out his laptop with his rankings ready to go. You don't, no, no, no. <laughs> I am prepared. You, you don't understand. <laughs> we have been doing this for n- near four and a half years. I've known these guys for half of a decade. Not once in my goddamn life have I seen either of these clowns come out with a notepad, a pen, a sticky note that was haphazardly attached to their shirt. They didn't even know it, let alone a laptop. Gr- Brad, I'm going to apologize to you. You're always prepared. You're, you're a freak, and you don't write anything down, but you remember it somehow. You know how many times I've been I've- prepared for this podcast <laughs> since probably like the fifth episode. The, yeah, when you were <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. When we were still like meeting each other and trying to like show off that we're good people. Oh, I wasn't doing that. No, yeah, no, I, <laughs> we were doing that because neither. Was, the amount of times we had to look at Evan and be like, uh, we're mock drafting. And he'd go, oh, uh, okay. And then he'd like lean over and try that to. That certainly look at, happened for the past couple of years. <laughs> look at my laptop as we're, <laughs> as we're drafting or like talking about rankings. If ever uh, you hear a long, uh, and you think that's just Evan's cadence, no, he talks like a normal person in real life. Like he's not actually as, as big of a meathead as he comes off. <laughs> he's just, he came with a laptop today. Yeah. This is insane. I thought it was a prank. He's he's up to date on the rumors. He's got his list. He knows who's going where. You know what really warmed my heart? He said to me, there's just too much to know, which means Evan understands the concept of the amount of work and preparation that goes into these things, which is... Oh, I only put in 20 minutes. Let's let's (laughs) not get confused. Yeah, we won't get This is the easier way for me to remember and to do this. Because this looks like I'm prepared, it actually was the lazier way to do this. I'm, uh, I feel fulfilled in a way. Well, while you're fulfilling yourself, I'm grabbing water. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Brad. Evan Evan just, Evan, (laughs) funny enough. As Evan's running up the stairs. Left. I'm Evan. Uh, this is our last episode pre-2019 NHL draft. And as we predicted, Brad, um... All the good, juicy information is coming out today. Yes, there have been rumors on rumors on rumors that have been substantiated by legitimate sources, which probably means absolutely nothing because draft day is always a crapshoot. Yeah. But there's a few things that have come out today that have made me concerned and also feel better. So it's been a productive day in terms of swinging Brad's anxiety. <laughs> no, I, the thing is, like the, the there have been Red Wings related, related rumors, which is good for content and good for us to talk about something new and a little bit different. But at the same time, we are kind of narrowing down on a very predictable path here, and we will get to that. Um, on the docket today, we'll talk about those rumors, uh, we'll do our mock draft, and then we'll just talk about whatever other tidbits before we get to overtime. We're not going to go too deep into it. Again, the draft is Friday. We oh, have we're a- going deep into the mock draft, buddy. We're prepared. I don't know about you. No, no, no. no they're like, ready the- to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, Friday, we have a live stream. And see? 
I have a list. I'm ready. We are going to be uh, live streaming uh, a watch along. Again, not an episode for <laughs> you wandering uh, YouTube watchers who wonder why this uh, podcast sucks so much. If you're just watching us, watch a TV. Uh, so if you want to watch along with us and chat with us, we always like to do that. Uh, and we make that public for the big events. So the draft and the draft lottery. We uh... And I need to be clear to you guys. You guys need to show up to this live stream because we now have monetary investment in it. Oh, yeah. Because we are literally paying my wife and daughter to not be in the house while we are doing that. Yeah, our pre-booked venue uh, got canceled. Um, I heard the landlord there is a real dick. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're paying off a child to not make noise. So for those of you who are Mika-averse, uh, she'll be mis- busy at the drive-in. That wouldn't even yeah. be the top 15 worst things Nike's done this week. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Nike. <laughs> um, what was I going to say, too? Crystal was so happy. She's like, all right, fine, that works. Then she looks at the list for the drive, and it's like, oh, Toy Story 4 and Aladdin. Mika will actually love that. And I'm like, see, we're good people. This wasn't our last resort. It would have been awful if it was like all R-rated movies. Or yeah, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, back for one li- week. They brought Schindler's List back for some reason. <laughs> okay. Um, Speaking of lists... <laughs> Whoa, is that a transition? Uh, we, we, you want to start with the mock draft or do you want to start with the rumors? Or do you want to do the rumors throughout the mock draft? I feel like the rumors first. I, I really, let's start, like dig into the meat of those. I'm good either way, Ryan. So if you want to go rumors first, let's do rumors first and actual non-rumors happenings. Stuff has happened. Let's, uh, let's move outwards in the NHL, inward towards Detroit. So rumors that aren't Detroit. Uh, Edmonton is taking a hard look at Broberg, eighth overall. And they're also, uh, Yessi Puglia-Yarvi's agent came out today, stated that he is still looking for a fresh start elsewhere, even though there's new coach, new GM, a lot of new things in Edmonton. Puglia-Yarvi apparently wants no part of it. That's a lot uh, to work with there because Puglia-Yarvi is not uh, a nothing piece. He could get a pretty decent return. I don't know if Edmonton's not thrilled with what they have at eight, Trade back, and you could probably still get Broberg, or you know, couple that with uh, with pool party and move up. Well, depending what they do, because Edmonton needs help everywhere but center. Realistically, they have almost no wingers, but they have Drysaddle, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins that they could deploy in the middle if they needed to. Darnell Nurse is a good defenseman. Clefbaum should bounce back this year. There's not a lot else to write home about there. Evan Bouchard may or may not make the team this year. So Edmonton really is in a position. They're they going to force Evan Bouchard to play. Probably. But they could. They can truly go best player available at eight. If they feel that's Broberg, great. That's My rankings of Broberg are not too far off number eight, so I don't think that's an egregious pick. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm curious to see what the Pooley-Yarvey um, yep. bubble is going to cause because is that – do they trade him before the draft? Do they wait it out? Is this a July move? Is that a September move? Is this a hard line move? And they say, sorry, bud, we're not trading you. Uh, it's Ken Holland, so you know he's going to be patient, right? He's not – I don't think – I don't think the move is to force it before the draft. I think there's a lot of opportunity to move him in a lot of ways. He's by no means uh, kind of funneled in any direction other than out. His value is a little diminished, but then why diminish it further by forcing something? If something comes up at the draft, though, I'm saying there's a ton of opportunity there, which – is pretty exciting if you're an Oilers fan, but also I understand if you're an Oilers fan and you're screaming into your speakers saying I've been hurt before, because I understand that. You probably have, uh, definitely have uh, quite a bit. I don't know. I don't think Broberg there would be uh, a great pick. I'd Krebs, Boldy, 
pot coals and if he falls that far like there's so much to be had and i understand this is the beauty of the draft it's chaos for what it's worth at philip broberg ranked number nine so i would not hate that pick but if we're going by positional needs i'd say edmonton probably needs a winger more than a defenseman uh what are the well i guess all the other rumors are just or the, all the other news stories are like signings and things, right? Like, there's no other draft-related rumors. Wasn't there than... a rumor that Vancouver wanted to move to six? That's the big one, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do that one then. So, who is it? Jay Dylan Burke? J.D. Burke, yeah. J.D. Burke was the one who uh, said that Vancouver is aggressively trying to trade up, which makes sense. The draft is in Vancouver. They would like to make a splash. They have some pretty big needs as an organization. Um, they've been shopping Chris Tanev, so maybe they have their eye on a defenseman. I don't know. There will be plenty available at 10, possibly even guys similar to Broberg. But, I mean, so as soon as that news broke, our mentions got flooded today with, oh my god, what would it take for you to trade back? Would you do this? Would you do that? Without getting into details of what it would take for Detroit to go from 6 to 10, the short answer is a lot. This isn't like moving from 24 to 28 in the draft where most teams will do that for a late second round pick. If I'm Detroit and I'm moving back four spots in the top 10, there better be a premium asset coming in return. So here's my thing. I personally do agree with you, but we also have to consider jumping from 10 to 6 in this year's draft is a little bit of a funny spot because if you look in terms of value – you have a top five and there's tiers within within there, but you have that top five that's really worth – I think trading up for, at least in terms of what our rankings all are. Um, we don't have Doc up there, but I know teams internally have that. So it might be top six in some teams' mind, but still, top mm-hmm. five. And then from six to ten, I actually don't think the value is so diminished. And really, the Red Wings, if you're if you're to believe Eisenman, and I, I do, he doesn't say much, but I take him at his word when he says this, that they have a group of six-ish guys that they're looking at, that means one of them is probably going to be available at ten. Is that how I would be looking at it? No, I would be aggressively trying to get Trevor Zegers or hoping for one of Turcotte or Byram to fall. That's pretty much my best case scenario. But if Six that- aligns you for the best spot to be if someone falls. And, and here's what we've been saying about Detroit mm-hmm. for a while now. They, in their prospect system right now, are not hurting for depth. No. They are hurting for premium top end talent. So if it's you're trading back with Vancouver to get an early second round pick out of it, that's not enough. No. Are you trading for I, – I seen Ole Yolevi's name thrown around a little bit as the piece. I don't think that's enough. And I, I think Yolevi could be a fun reclamation project, but reclamation project. I don't know if I take that risk because for me – and I've been on record as saying this for a while and it hasn't changed. To me, there's a definitive top seven in this draft. 10 is outside of 7. So unless you're very confident a Caulfield, a Pod Coles, and a Zegris is going to fall to 10, then yeah, by all means do it. But if you don't think those guys are going to get there, you don't do it. Even 9 or 8, I'd feel a lot better. But 10 means you're likely going to have to move to your second tier of guys. I agree. I think you're talking this year's first, obviously 10th overall, and next year's first. Or this year's unprotected, unprotected <laughs> or this year's first in a premium prospect. Honestly. Neither of which Vancouver would be smart to do. Honestly, I'd, I'd do it protected even if they wanted to give us two firsts. 
like, like what, top three protected. Top, if they want a top three protected, I'd still take it because I don't I don't see Vancouver making the playoffs next year. So you're still getting a top fifteen pick out of that. That's the West is nuts, man. <laughs> this is true. But what's your worst case scenario on that pick? 21, 22? That's still a valuable pick. That's where we got Mantha Chalowski. Like you, uh, Vancouver got Besser in that range. Like, yeah, that's there's fair. there's still talent to be had there. Now, here's the thing: the guy that they want. Like I don't understand the moving up to six. That's that's what really perplexes me. Because if you're trying to move up, I really think top five is the way to do it. Unless you have your guy. I don't. Their think guy be. might be Dylan Cousins, and that's why they're comfortable going for six. Vancouver again. They're a team like LA. They need help everywhere. They can just go best player available. So they probably have their eye on one guy. I don't know who it is, but they want to get up and not risk losing him. It could be Caulfield. It could be Zegers. It could be Doc. Who knows? Either way, if that trade is going to happen, it's not going to happen until it gets to pick six because Detroit has to see how the board shaped up and Vancouver would have to make sure their guy is still there. So this is not a trade I see happening before the moment of. If it's a WHL guy, it's going to be Cousins or Doc because it can probably get Krebs where they are right now. In all likelihood, I think that's a pretty it's, safe bet, especially after the Achilles injury. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if it happened. I think a lot of that's colored by the fact that realistically at this point and i think we can say confidently from every rumor anything that's been substantiated detroit probably per prefers in this order in my like this is just conjecture doc pod colson cousins maybe zegris or caulfield now that's been the rumors but how much can we buy into those rumors because this is steve eiserman's ship now and he doesn't let anything out yeah and you know what i know the argument there for people who would want to counter that is well steve eiserman also respects the people around him and wants to let the, the people running the draft run the draft but i think that applies more later i think what the, the top six pick i don't want to say it's easier but it's easier for a gm to come in and make an informed decision yeah because i think what steve eiserman's input on this pick will be will be more along the lines of Guys, I'm going to trust your rankings, but here's what I want in a prospect. So if he's saying, I want high skill, high playmaker, high whatever, give me your list based on that criteria, and then he'll trust the scouts list. So if we're not just going straight best player available, because the old guard might have valued a guy like Dylan Cousins a little more in his all-around game, whereas Steve Eisenman might prefer traits to um, the all-around game. So he might be like, no, give me... Kirby Doc or Trevor Zegers's playmaking. Give me Cole Caulfield's goal scoring. Like that could be his mo. I think that's the type of input he will have, not necessarily on picking players. I'm, I'm really, really frustrated with the hockey world right now because uh, everything that's coming out, like people, the the stories and the writing all comes out kind of in order of the projected draft. So we've already gone through Hughes. We already went through Kako. We've just finished our Turcotte Byram cycle, and now we're getting into the Doc Cousins Zegras cycle. And all of the information that's coming out is just making me want Zegras so much more. A hundred percent. And it's funny, too, because this is how much of a crapshoot is. And just in rankings and mock drafts that have been released in the last 72 hours, players I have seen go to the Red Wings at six. Kirby Doc, Dylan Cousins, Alex Turcotte. Trevor Zegris and Vasily Pod Colson. <laughs> All from like what I would consider bigger sources. So we're not just pulling up your Uncle Jim's mock draft that he put on his MySpace page. On his page. podcast with two other buffoons. Yeah. yeah, two other meatheads. Yeah, like I'm talking, these are from Sportsnet, TSN, <laughs> Athletic. Like 
nobody knows anything. So I, I see some rumors that are swirling around more than others. But in the end, we know nothing. But when we do our mock draft, we're going to kind of buy into it as much as we can to get a, a good answer. But let's so, start talking about what's actually happened in the hockey world because there's been trades and buyouts. Yeah. Corey Perry got bought out. Two years left at eight, roughly eight million. Yeah. Couldn't and, have happened to a better guy. No. Yeah. And now his cap hit against the Ducks is over the next four years going to be two mil, six mil, two mil, two mil. I don't understand that. So here's my thing. Here's my line of thought that I kind of put out on Twitter today to see how everybody else was understanding this. And I didn't get any good, <laughs> good any clarity. One of two things is here. Anaheim bought him out because they think they'll be good in the next two years and they'll need the extra cap space. Or they don't think they'll be good and they know they're in for a lengthy rebuild. So why the hell did you buy him out? Because at that point, then it doesn't matter. You might as well just keep him on your books for two years, help him mentor the new guard, and then just move on from him. This is confusing on both fronts because I say confusing because I don't think Anaheim is going to be a contender in the next two years. So I don't know why they needed the cap space. Where are they drafting? Ninth. Ninth. It's it's perplexing. It's perplexing to me. Nine and twenty nine. It's a lot of the same logic as to why I don't want Detroit to buy out a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, buyouts aren't friendly to teams right now, and I think that's that's the right way to do it. Otherwise, you'd find a lot of guys unemployed. Buy, buyouts aren't friendly to bottom feeders in general. No. Because uh, like, if you're a good team that is looking to win the cup in the next couple of years, you need the cap space. Buyouts make sense. We need the cap space right now. Two, I don't care what happens next year. There's two aspects to uh, NHL salaries, cap hit and real dollars. And buyouts are expensive both ways, genuinely. Like, it's not... Yeah, you save a little money on the buyout, but not much. No, but then you have to front some, right? So if you're not a cash-rich team, you're not about... And, like, your money comes in, you know, your revenue... It based, it's based on next year's revenue, and you don't actually, like, have a big influx of investors or, you know, um, injections of cash from an ownership group or reserves. Like, you're not the Maple Leafs. If you're Carolina, you're not going to be want buying, to be buying out players every year because that's money. Anyhow, yeah, bizarre move, but Corey Perry is now a guy who is obviously a far, former Hart Trophy winner, um, former superstar in the league, uh, absolutely a very talented player, definitely has fallen off since his Hart Trophy win five Coming years ago. Coming off a major injury. <laughs> uh, played 30 games last year, put up like, like 10 points or something, um, but he'll come in cheap now. Could be a good acquisition for people. I, I've We got a lot of questions today about... Ooh, Boston and with Marchand? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that is... Put it Boston, to my veins. Yeah, that is Boston's MO right there, right? Signing Corey Perry. What right about, into my veins. What about Washington? They already have a Tom Wilson. Just acquired a Radko Gudas. Oh, man. <laughs> the evil league of Eagle, evil is quickly forming in the East. Corey Perry will... that like Is Bacchus up right now in Boston? Oh, his contract's forever. Is, oh, yeah, that's right, because they signed him. Yeah, they're, they're nowhere near time. getting out from that. But if they didn't have Bacchus, Perry would be their new Bacchus, right? But better. But better. What yeah. they imagined Bacchus would be Let, when they signed him. Let's not forget, Corey Perry shot six points below his career average shooting percentage in the limited games he played this season. Not that he's going to be his old self at any point. He's very much never going to be that, but he's better than he was last year because his shooting percentage was low and he was coming off a major injury. He'll regress to the mean. Yeah. Is Especially Corey, playing some better, like easier minutes. Is Corey Perry going to be the 50-goal, 80-point guy that he was? No. Could he still be a 20-20 guy? Yeah, definitely, maybe. Do you sign him if you're Steve Eisman? And for Detroit, God, no. Why? We're not going to be good. <laughs> Thank you. I no. thought that was going to be a hell yeah. Absolutely no. But for a team like Edmonton 
or Vancouver. That makes a ton of sense. You know, I, I think that actually makes so much sense for Edmonton. Yeah. I always uh, harp on them signing guys for leadership, but Corey Perry would be a nice combination of cheap, talented, and actually experienced. You imagine going from living in California to Edmonton? <laughs> That's like Chris Pronger, but backwards. If they offered me $10 million, I would say no. <laughs> the guy's yeah. made his money. He doesn't need it. I'd be like, absolutely not. Let me know if you ever get that offer. I'll take I'll it I'll live in you. California. I'll play for Edmonton. You'll That's commute it. in? <laughs> I'll commute every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in the winter months, which be- is basically August to about the start of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like two weeks of spring, four days of summer, construction, and then winter again. Pretty sure that's where they shot everything north of the wall in Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was an actual depiction of Edmonton. That's why they didn't do shoot too much there this year. It, um, it got too cold. Yeah, they need to get it over with quick. Yeah. Um, you couldn't do it in Manitoba. You couldn't do it if you're playing for Winnipeg, though. They don't have an airport. No, could commute in there. It'd no. be a long drive. No. I just want to take that dig at Winnipeg. It seems to be popular to make fun of them for not having an airport. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Corey also Perry. It's Winnipeg. Um, Kevin Hayes got woof. Wow. Wow. Seven years, seven point four one million dollars per year, fifty million dollar contract. First three years, no move. That was a big deal for uh, a guy who has cracked. What was it? What's this 50 stat? points once. Once, right? Yeah. Once. And it was this past season. Look at that recency bias. Seven Woof. seven years, 27 right now. That'll be th- He'll be 34 at the end of that. Yeah. Percentage of cap hits. It's going to be bad at the start and the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, an, that's an impressive level of bad contract. And don't forget, Philly also gave up a fifth round pick to get his negotiating rights. Are they still paying Le Cavalier as well? Probably. <laughs> Almost definitely, right? So he's like... Kevin Hayes is a great hockey player. Let's get that out of the way. Like he's I a, think he's good. He's a good, serviceable second line center. Uh, he's currently making just a touch under nine percent of the uh, cap, and it's important to start. We we're, we're going to start evaluating these things based on percentage of the cap because the cap changes every year. And when you're comparing guys, you have to compare it to what the percentage of the cap was when they signed. Otherwise, it's not fair. For example, the Marner deal right now. <laughs> let's not talk about. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But the comparables, uh, besides all the jokes that are floating around, it's it's hard to compare Marner to, let's say, Stamkos or Kucherov or other wingers because you have to look at the percentage of the cap when they signed. Um, yeah, so th- that's a pretty expensive deal. And you know, the first thing I thought when I saw that, boy, do we have a great contract for Dylan Larkin? Oh yeah, I understand the different circumstance. Um, RFA versus UFA. And all, you know, he's going to be expensive when he comes up, presuming he at least holds his level of play. But Detroit legitimately has a fantastic contract for Dylan Larkin. That is, you know... Uh, Let the other teams make the bad contracts. People are going to, yeah. People are going to mislabel Ken Holland as an expert drafter. I think he's always had success in the drafts, but I think his true talent, like the talent that belongs to Ken Holland and Ken Holland alone, is his RFA contracts. And that was a gift he left for Detroit, was his RFA deals. Um, yeah, that makes me feel way better because that... How much is Matt Duchesne going to cost now? What was oh. the speculation? Nine and a half? Matt Duchesne He's going to start with a lip. one. <laughs> and then Maybe. that's it. If someone gets crazy, uh, Eric Carlson. Eleven and a half a year for eight years. Y'all thought I was crazy when I said he was going to get eleven. That is crazy. Oh, I'd like, and you know what? 
I don't for a second doubt any of the rumors that said he would prefer to be closer to Ottawa. But the moment he saw 11.5 oh, and he's... I'd, I'd live in Edmonton. Yo. <laughs> we know his threshold now. It's, 11, yeah. it's somewhere between 10.5 more. 10.1 and 11.5. Somewhere in there is his threshold. Yeah, that's, that, that's a big money. Mind you, I think you can make a better case for that 11.5 being justifiable for Eric Carlson than some other deals that we just talked Not about. Not only does it have the dollar amount, it has the term. What you'd be a, a fool to turn as a player to turn down any of that, regardless no. of how good people think you are. He's twenty nine, but you know what? He's a defenseman, and he's a defenseman that relies not completely, but a lot on his uh, like parts of athleticism that I don't think fall off too much too quickly. His skating <laughs> they obviously fall off the when you one. hurt are hurt. But he's also a very smart defenseman, and he's shown that outside of injuries, he actually ages pretty well. He doesn't regress as quickly as other defensemen. So if you're going to hedge your bets on a guy, all injuries aside, to age well, <coughs> Eric Carlson's a good one to hedge your bets on. I think and the problem is if they didn't do it, somebody else was. Oh, that's, and and that's probably exactly Philly. It. <laughs> and let's not forget, too, before this season, Eric Carlson's missed almost no time due to injury in his career. So all this... He's oh well you can't sign an injured guy. He had one injury, pulled his groin. It happens. Well, he and got his, a the lot ankle, of his ankle removed. Yeah, but that was he didn't actually miss a lot of time because of that. No, he the way he was lined up, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean Sandals is in their window now, probably for another three to four years. So if you have to give Eric Carlson four glory years to try and capitalize on your window, you do it. I think it puts Logan Couture in a, a bit of an awkward situation because isn't his contract up? No, he's got a... No, sorry. Um, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Yeah, he's a UFA and so is Joe Thornton. And so that s- puts their captain in a super awkward position where... They just... Does he take a hometown discount? Because Carlson didn't. Yeah. They, no one else seems to. They just cleared almost $4 million in cap space. You know what's funny is everyone on Twitter predicted this. Like, everyone talking head was like, GMs don't listen to anything rational, and sometimes they just do dumb stuff, like trade for Justin Braun. The next day, Philly paid a second and a third for Justin Braun and his $3.8 million cap hit. Justin Braun's a good player. I, I'm i not saying Justin Braun's a bad hockey player. It's a bit steep for him, but that's fine. Philly's, Philly's very much in the win-now mode, which is dumb, but here we are. Um, especially with a rookie goalie. Maybe Gritty is their mascot, or uh, their GM. <laughs> he might as well be. Now, here's the thing that's interesting to me. Philly just acquired Matt Niskanen, a top-four defenseman. They just got Justin Braun, who almost seems is a top-four defenseman. They already have Shane Gostisbehere, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Robert Hag, and probably a couple others that I'm forgetting. Who's the odd man out right now? Maybe those Gostaspare trade rumors are actually legit because I was I was saying those were asinine because you don't trade a guy like Gostaspare and at his age with his contract. But what would they be looking? Maybe for, Philly wants to secretly move up in this draft. Maybe there's somebody they're looking at. They pick really, really eleven want. and uh, Shane Gostaspare for pick six. Let's go, boys! It, if they've got a million prospects on defense, it's not the craziest thing to to, oh, to come up with. I would. Do a package revolving around that in a heartbeat if I was Detroit. I uh, I asked a, a Philly fan friend of mine who's pretty knowledgeable, and I asked what a reasonable offer would need to be from Detroit for Ghost, and uh, he's, he made a f- good first point, which is that they're looking for roster players. They're not looking for futures. Like they don't see themselves being far off being competitive. Right. I have this a roster what, player for you at number six. This, <laughs> there this you is go. What, this is why Ron Hextall got fired. He was being too patient. Which I think Ron Hextall was in the right here, but no, you're right. 
Um, he said, but if that didn't matter, it would be a first round pick and an A minus to B plus prospect. So take from that what you will. I don't think it's something that I would much prefer to give up uh, an Athens CU as part of a deal for Gosses Bear rather than <laughs> any first in the next three years. Yeah, those are going to be premium picks. Yeah, the, the Gosses Bear. You have a good point with that, and I'm actually kind of surprised. I was surprised up until today that Philly wasn't uh, one of the people who are matching New York's uh, trade for Jacob Truba. Uh, oh, we haven't talked about that yet. No, we haven't, which is important. So Truba moved for uh, a first-round pick, which was 20th overall this year, which they, was originally Winnipeg's. Yeah. They traded for f- like five weeks of Kevin Hayes. Um, and uh, Neil Pionk. Neil Pionk, yeah. Who's, uh, you know, it's always happens when players get moved to a, a new team where, like, he automatically gets hyped up and we focus too much on his positives. It, you, a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but it happened to Detroit with Madison Bowie. I don't think Madison Bowie was any, like, it, it was just kind of like a toss in. Uh, Ra- look at the reaction of Rangers fans. They're surprised they actually traded Neil Pionk as a positive in any trade. Good offensive defenseman who struggled mightily in his own zone this year. Um, yeah, you know what? It wasn't a good return, but but we have to consider the circumstance here. It was that was the return for one guaranteed year of Jacob Truba, which is what now the Rangers also have one guaranteed year of sole negotiating rights, but that's all they're getting. So Jacob Truba could still walk at the end of the year, and he's not been pro- he's not proven to have been or to be a, a guy who's easy to resign as we've seen over the past few years with Winnipeg, um, and. It well, was, if there's one place to to enjoy living, it's probably New York City. It's not bad, young right? Millionaire. Props to him. He we found out after the fact that he basically forced the decision. He didn't have a, a limited trade list, but he essentially said, "I will refuse to sign with a new team up until, uh, or like refuse to report or whatever it might have been, or I'll refuse to to commit to a contract extension unless it's New York. And he wanted to do that because his partner, his wife... Was uh, it just New York, or was it like an Eastern U.S. team? I... I, uh, You know what? I don't trust the source that said just New York. I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhere in that area. Because I heard a couple other rumors that were reported that... We're Red Wings podcast, but a lot of people from Winnipeg were saying, yeah, no, he's from Michigan. His wife's got something tied to Michigan. So Isn't like, she a doctor, a medical resident? Yeah, that's why they want to go to the States, because she wants to practice medicine in the States. Yeah. Smart. Uh, yeah. Um, no cap on your earnings. So again, the Detroit... She might make more money than him. <laughs> long story short, apparently Detroit, to some people, was his preferred destination. Whereas it from any sources I trust? Absolutely not. You know but what? But it's worth mentioning. The package they gave up. That easily could have been matched without Detroit giving up a first round pick. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up anything for one year of Jacob Truber right now. No, especially when you have to pay. Trade again. and sign would be the ideal way of going. Yeah, and maybe pay too much. So I initially said it wasn't a bad haul from Winnipeg, which was probably I didn't phrase that well enough, and I got yeah, I got very fairly destroyed for it. But here's something to consider: Truba. It was well known that he wasn't going to play another game of Winnipeg. There goes your leverage there. Uh, you know he's going to be expensive. There goes some more leverage. You only have one year, and he has not been a friendly RFA to sign. There goes some more leverage. Didn't they have like 15 contracts they needed to sign this year, or players some, to sign? Yeah, they need to dump something. Uh, they're about to overpay Tyler Myers, so that's another whole other thing. Uh, speaking of overpayment, the defensive, the whole con- like market right now is kind of wacky. As uh, Steve Dangle says, so Mickey Mouse, what does he say? It's, it's, the phrase is Mickey, you know, Mickey Mouse bullshit, but he said Mickey Mouse silliness, which is hilarious. Um the whole – and the defensive market is especially some Mickey Mouse silliness. So he's going to have to be paid way too much. 
There's not a lot going on there. There's not a lot for Winnipeg to have leveraged. So yeah, objectively they should have got more for Truva, but I'm not surprised that they weren't even like I'm 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 certain they had better offers, but their hand was forced. They couldn't take it. They could not take it because those teams wouldn't commit to the trade unless Truba committed to the resign. So I'm really not surprised with that return. I'm kind of impressed that Winnipeg even got the first back, to be honest. And also good for them. You you definitely need that first round pick. And who's to say they won't get a better defenseman than Jacob Truba with that pick? Right. It could happen. Strange things have happened. Eric Carlson was 15th overall. I don't want to knock Jacob Truba. I think if he came to Detroit, he'd be easily the best defenseman. He'd be easily the number one defenseman. But you look at some underlying numbers. This is more numbers. about us than him. Exactly. There's a lot of underlying numbers and a little bit of plateau in his play over the past year that suggests that he might actually be, if you put him on an objective scale, a very good second pairing defenseman. Most very good second-pairing defensemen can find a home on a first-pairing somewhere, so that's kind of a moot point that I'm making, admittedly. Um, but I can see why teams are not willing to overpay twice for the guy. So for you Red Wings fans who are upset, don't be too upset. If you want to commit to a guy that you can get in a year, start thinking about Tory Krug, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's a guy I would happily overpay for. Yeah. Because as we've noticed with Kevin Hayes and Eric Carlson and Jacob Truba in, in a year... You have to overpay for your stars. That's this league. Speaking of which, maybe last story before we do the mock draft. Mitch Marner. Do we have to? Uh, it's it's not surprising. It's Toronto. It's Toronto media. It's all wacky. There's a lot of people carrying water for that team. There's a lot of people speaking a lot of sense. Um, apparently, his camp is saying anything that doesn't start with 10.5 or even 11 doesn't get a conversation. Good for Mitch. Good for Mitch. And Toronto isn't budging and good for Toronto because I don't think he is worth. There was a time where I might have argued for that, but, you know, reading into it a little bit, I'm like, no, it's it's very obvious, especially with the cap maybe coming in lower. They're going through the first round of the draft, not knowing the damn cap blows my mind. The cap being lower than anticipated. I think he should come in closer to nine and a half. So do you know what I'm going to if I'm Mitch Marner's camp, what I say about the salary cap implications? I sucks. don't care. That's exactly what suck. they're saying. And everyone's like, his comparables, though, like, well, look what Rantanen's going to make, or look what this winger, and his camp is saying, my comparable is Austin Matthews. And everyone, everyone's like, no, he's a centerman and a different player and also more productive. He's like, no, my comparable is Austin Matthews. Marner's not far off. Salary? They salary arbitration? Can they do that? Not with yet. Not yet. Yeah, they're going to have to... Uh, you have to figure this one out. So what would that be? That's the arb- you only get a one-year deal out of salary arbitration. Could right? be one or two. Right? And you're not Depending. eligible until what? You're 24. Uh, the arb rules. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, but you know what? The real thing you should hope for as an outside fan, and I'm sorry for Leafs fans listening. Get that offer sheet in. I want to see someone bet four first-round picks. Well, damn it, Philly! Why'd you have to screw <laughs> us over? But I don't want Detroit to be the team making that bet. <laughs> No, 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 no. Somebody, not just not us. We want to observe. We, the I chaos. want the chaos of offer sheets. I just don't want Detroit to be throwing the offer sheets. Actually, on that note, uh, I forget who I was listening to, but someone made a good point because you don't want to give up four first rounds for an offer sheet. So you want to get one of those good players who's probably going to cost you a first, second, and a third. <clears throat> Timo Meyer. Exactly who I was getting at. Timo Meyer in San Jose would be the yeah. guy that everybody should be looking at for an offer sheet right now. Before that Braun trade, I would have said it would have been very easy to do it. I think that trade happened very quickly because um, Doug Wilson was like, no, I can't have my hands tied like this. We cannot give up on Timo Meyer. And they need the money to be able to match that offer. Um, yeah, I, I don't. 
I don't see why people aren't talking more about that or signing a captain for cheaper or, or guys where you're not giving up the premium. Essentially, the four first round pick is a deterrent. Like that yeah. that return is a deterrent to stop Mitch Marner from leaving a city and you know causing thousands of fans to hate the team. And the only teams that should give up four first round picks for Mitch Marner are teams that know they're going to be very good for the next four years and are going to yeah. be picking late in the first. But guess what? Teams that are very good don't have $12 million in cap space. Or for their next four first round picks. Yeah, because they've already given them up. Yeah. It can happen, but it's kind of anomalous. Yep. Last but not least, David Clark submitted his uh, no trade list. Yeah. Oh boy, why does he care? He doesn't have to report to these teams. Oh, yes. Oh, I guess he, he he wouldn't even have to live in the city. No, why does he have to give a list? Why does he care? That was funny. I was like, David, That's I recognize point. that name. I didn't even think about that. No, it's, that list is probably big. Who? What team is he on anymore? Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Holy they need God. to shed cap. There has not been. Yeah, they're the most cap strapped team in the league. How did that happen? It happened very fast. It, fo- it seems to follow Clarkson around. Actually, they got uh, they got Mark Stone. They had the chance to get one of the best wingers in hockey, and they went, "Oh, that's going to be expensive." <laughs> but you do it. Yeah, you do you it. Definitely do it. Do you think uh, Mitch Marner should be out earning Mark Stone? No. Maybe. I say no. I say no. Uh, Mitch Marner, as he was last year, probably not. But Mitch Marner's at the age; he's probably still improving. Oh, he's definitely still improving. So, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see who messes up here. I hope it's not Marner because I always advocate for the worker. Okay, uh, Mitch Marner is actually one of my favorite players in the league who doesn't play for the Red Wings. I if he doesn't play a single game till like the end of November, like Nylander did, I'm here for it. Oh my God. I'll get sick of hearing about it, but watching Leaf fans like lose their mind again is going to be so worth it. Steve's going to cry. Steve will absolutely lose his mind. The mock draft. Let's do the mock draft. Okay. Who's picking in what order? We are doing an elimination rock, paper, scissors here. That's how I want to do it. Remember, and then we- nothing beats rock. Okay. Right, why don't we just do even and odds? It's so much easier with oh, three people. Oh, we did this last time. Yeah. I, I never play even and odds. It's Remember, okay. you just nothing, put up a one or a two. Nothing beats two. Remember that. I mean... That's not exactly all right. What are we doing? One, two, three, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One, One two, two, three, three. shoot. Nothing beats two. God damn it! No, we I'm, technically won. No, 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 no. Because don't I get to pick who I'm picking now? Or do you guys? Or does that just automatically make me one? I think that automatically. I don't even know what this. One. That's yeah. okay. I'm okay picking one because I didn't want to do Detroit's pick again. I wanted you guys okay. to take the hit. I for thought me. all three of us were going to do our pick for Detroit. Well, all, all three of us are. So but tell me what one. we're doing. All three of us are going to make our pick for Detroit, but only one of us is going to go on the board. On the official. All so. right. Evan. Oh, uh, rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, okay. Oh, I, one, two, I was going rock anyway. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> You're number two. Good old I'll rock. Nothing beats a rock. All right. First overall so pick. So Ryan, Ryan loses and gets Detroit's pick. Yes, I certainly do. So uh, how we're doing this so everybody's clear is we are hybriding this mock draft in that with the information we know about what rumors are floating around about what teams are looking at, based on our knowledge of what teams need, and then coupled with our list, that's what we're going to do. So we might not be married to our list because, for example... Um, are we doing what we think the GMs will do or what we think they should If do? you have a really good indication of what they do, we're going to go with that. But if it's... So I'm Mark Bergevin. I'm going to eat protein. <laughs> 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 but if there's if it's one of the teams where there's nothing out there, yeah, we're just going to go based on our list. Okay. So, 
Because like for a team like Detroit, realistically, right now, we really don't know. There's five guys that could be there. So we're going to kind of right. have okay. to hybrid how we make that selection. Whereas if I was picking for Chicago right now, I have Bowen Byram number three on my list. But I know strongly they're going to Alex Turcott. So for this purpose, I would pick Alex Turcott because I right. have him right there with Bowen Byram. Got ya. Okay. I'm not changing my list anyway. Yeah. So Okay. Uh, I'm going to just pull. I'm going to use cap friendly to uh, build this out. Oh, you're actually going to write this down, eh? I already have. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, first overall pick, Brad. Uh, I am Jeff Gordon. I am accelerating a rebuild. And no, I'm Ray Shiro. You're Ray Shiro. I'm Ray Shiro. Why did I think in wrong side of the river? Yeah. Ray Shiro of the New Jersey Devils. I am going Jack Hughes. Evan? Easiest pick in this draft. Number two, Capo Caco. All right, let's just be crazy for a second. What if the Rangers go buck wild and take Alex Turcotte? They're not going to. <laughs> I just have to put it out there. Someone uh, asked Bob McKenzie that on his podcast, and he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so number three is where the Doc conundrum comes into play in my mind. Kirby Doc, despite how he's been ranked here and by some other talking heads not involved with teams, is ranked beautifully. He's glorified internally in the NHL. I have seen legitimate sources tie Kirby Doc as a preferred pick for Chicago. I that's not the pick I'm making here, but that's where I want like with Brad saying what we think will happen, start keeping that in mind. Kirby Doc can go anywhere in here. These teams are much higher on him than we are. Uh, that being said, I do think Chicago does go with the best centerman available other than Jack Hughes and Alex Turcott. Number four for the Colorado Avalanche by way of Ottawa Senators, Brad. So one of the teams where a lot of rumors have been swirling around. Objectively on my list right now, best player available is Bowen Byram. If I was a GM of the Colorado Avalanche right at this point, I would pick Bowen Byram. But most of what I've been reading and seeing over the last 72 hours does not have them taking Bowen Byram. I think they need a center pretty badly. I've seen a lot of rumors floating around about a few names, but one keeps popping up over and over and over again at Colorado for Colorado. So I can't believe I'm doing this, but at number four for the Colorado Avalanche, I'm taking Kirby Doc. I love how that worked. Oh, that was that was not planned. I can't believe we made you draft Kirby Doc. Some some of you guys have sold me a little bit on him uh, on Twitter over the last few days. I still don't have him this high on my list, but if he gets to six at Detroit, I feel a little easier about it now. Not great, yeah. but easier. Um, but yeah, I could. I everything I've read is Kirby Doc's not getting out of the top five. That seems to be pretty unanimous around most. Most uh, outlets that I've been reading and seeing. And again, he's got all the tools in the package. It, the tool belt is the question with him. He can skate. His shot is unreal. It makes you wonder why he doesn't use it way more than he does. His vision is fantastic. He tends to make the right play. My big concern is, does he make that play fast enough at the next level? And i that's a big question. But if you believe that that's going to happen, there's no reason to not take Kirby Doc in the top five. Evan? Uh, again, probably the easiest pick in the draft, funny enough. Well, actually, yeah, you know what? No, I, that's wrong. It might not happen, but I think this it'll happen this Sorry, way. Sorry, who did you take at three? Uh, Alex Turcotte. Ah. Yeah. Oh, so this is the easiest pick? 
I don't no, think no, it's no, that no. Easy. I shouldn't have said that I, because factoring in what might happen and the fact that our rankings differ a lot from what teams' internal rankings are. No, I definitely shouldn't. That's definitely not an easy pick. Um, what, are our, what are our top four right now? <laughs> Jack Hughes, Capocacco, Alex Turcott, Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc. Well, yeah, you. This isn't what I have on my list as a mock draft, but um, since you made the decision for me, they're going to take Bowen Byram. I'm curious, who did you have there? Uh, Dylan Cousins. Interesting. Oh yeah, that is interesting. He's big, fast, has a good shot. He's kind of like uh, uh, Kirby Doc, but I think he's more of a sure bet. Kirby, they're a little bit different, a lot different in my mind. Um, I think uh, Cousins appeals more to me in terms of my own internal rankings. Um, are we getting a visitor? I don't know. I think it sounds like Crystal might have caught her in time. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. Um, it's Kirby Doc. <laughs> Go, Kirby. He's here. He just points at me. You! He just beats the shit out of Brad. No, I... I Cousins appeals more to me, and so I, I think I can see why he's ranked so high. Um, that being said, I've read a lot on the WHL centermen, Doc, Krebs, and uh, Cousins, and all it did was make me a little less high on Cousins and a little higher on Doc and Krebs, which just brings everything to the middle, which is garbage. Anyways, uh, pick number six for Detroit. So what we'll do here is I'll make my pick based on what I think Detroit will do, likely, and then we'll all make our we'll all discuss. No, no, we'll all make our pick on based on what Detroit would do, and we'll all make our pick on what we think yep. Detroit should do. Because I have two different answers here for that. Based on how the board's shaken out and based on everything I've read and what I think they'll do, I, I have two different answers here. Right now, I think if we're talking about what, based on any information we have, and this is knowing that Steve Eisenman is very tight-lipped and we know nothing from him, it's more from the team around him, Detroit's list probably looks something like Cousins, Pod Colson, um, Zegras here. Caulfield isn't there. I would think that... I think that's the end of what they'd be looking at based on how the draft went. Yeah. And so I think here they would give Pod Colson's a long Pod Colson a long look, but I imagine they have uh, Cousins a little higher based on the fact that he's a centerman uh, and he plays at a pace that they would like. They see a little bit more uh, surefire talent in him, possibly. And... I my best guess, and this is by a percentage of a percentage of a percentage, that they would take over Vasily Podkolz and Dylan Cousins at six overall. I think, based on the way the board's shaken down, the way Iserman's teams have drafted in the past, and what he tends to value in a player, I think if the board top five goes the way it did, I think they're taking Podkolz in here. I. I honestly would not be surprised if you're right, and in a weird way, if we had to make bets, I'd make bet your way. <laughs> I, I don't know why. That doesn't make sense at all. It's just such a toss-up for me. Um, I also would not be surprised if there's a lot of misdirection going on. Can you? Because th- think of it. Zegris, in my mind, is the fifth best player on this board. If you, I'm making this pick, it's Zegris. Yeah. Oh, well, let's <clears throat> let Evan... What do you think Detroit will do? Um, Pod Colson truly is the... The question mark on this draft, I have him rated high, but I have him going low or uh, further down in the draft. Mm-hmm. If I'm making this pick, I have Trevor Zegers as our, as the the one we're looking at. Um, I, he's exactly the type of player the Red Wings want, but is he the type of player that Eiserman will draft? That's my question. Um, I hope so, but um, 
you know, if if someone like Matthew Boldy's still on the board, which he probably will be, um, if Dylan Cousins is still on the board, um, which is, you know, if, let's say a, a toss-up, if and, and Paul Colson's there, I, <laughs> it could be any of those players. So um, Detroit's, if, if someone falls, we're in the best position. But if not, we're lucky we get a bunch of people that, or a bunch of prospects who will who I'll be happy with picking. So I pick Zegras. Uh, who Eiserman picks, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I put Zegras. But you know what? If we got someone between Cousins, Boldy, Doc, Podkolzin, I'm not screaming into the mic. Like, I would be happy with any of those picks. Bob McKenzie did, on his podcast today, make a kind of like just a statement in passing that I thought thought was interesting because he was talking about how far Pod Colson could slide, and he went out of his way to mention that. But Steve Eiserman likes his Russians, and who knows what he's going to do at number six. Pod Colson so. does have the ability to be a top five player. He was ranked in the top five at the start of the year. The everyone passed him this year because they had better years. And also, it's worth noting that he's got two years left on his contract in the KHL, and he plans on honoring it. And we, as Red Wings fans, should not care. No, that's two that's years, two years of, of playing with hockey. men. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have to go back to the OHL and just dominate there, children. There would be no. That grand sounds terrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> remember how we're uh, Rasmussen is just now going to play uh, in the AHL? Just now, two years after he was drafted, that shouldn't be. The case. Claude Colson will come over and step go from right from SKA to the Red Wings. He's so, got the elite talent. He just needs to have a full season displaying it. And he didn't spend more than twelve games with any one team last year. Like he needs a, some stability in his career at this point. But is that the thing you want to be drafting at five? Do you want someone who is six, like, oh, they six. need six? Yeah. Do you want to draft someone who's like, they need this, they need that? You have a premium draft pick. Are we saying the same thing about Zegers? Are we saying the same thing about Cousins? My, Not to that extent. My ranking, if we're just looking at skill, is Zegers Pod Colson at this point. So he would very much be in that cons- in consideration for me just based on his talent level. I, uh, I So we all agreed that if we had the pick, we'd be picking Zegers. But there haven't been a lot of links to Detroit no. and Zegers to this point. No, but again, I, I'm going to be I'm gonna be a fan here for a second, and I'm going to say, like, build out, and this goes completely against Occam's Razor, but I'm going to build out a scenario where they do get Zegris. This is how you would do it. Talk up Doc, Cousins, Pod Colson, Caulfield, anyone but the guy who is the most liable to go fifth right ahead of you. Or, you talk up those guys, and then you get a Bowen Byram. Or even, in, and I've seen some mocks, I really don't think this will happen, and Alex Turcott falls. Why would you talk in the media about the guys you want? Especially in a draft where you're not guaranteed that person but it's not talking in the media that happens it's you get leaks in the organization because if you were Montreal last year why in the hell would you have wanted anybody to know you were picking Kot Kanyemi at three but that got out like a week or two before Mark Bergevin's kind of uh, he's kind of a peacock someone was spotting him at the gym yeah Mark Bergevin's big and still wears small shirts you know like that does not <laughs> those are actually me. extra larges <laughs> oh god uh, alright so that's that's pick six so, so who's officially on the board for our mock draft it's dylan cousins by the thinnest of hairs okay but it also could be puckles anyways uh pick seven for buffalo brad okay so we have because i need to recap now because that was a lot of talk about a lot of different players we have jack hughes capococco alex turcott kirby doc bowen byram and then dylan cousins okay the sabers if you look at their draft history tend 
to really like drafting out of um, the States. They haven't drafted a CHL player in a few years. I think that trend continues. I think they're going to prefer a center to a winger here. So Detroit's miss is Buffalo's game. Trevor Zegras. That would murder me. That would kill me so hard. For him to stay in the division? Yeah. Uh, Edmonton, pick eight. Oh, I flip-flopped on this one a bunch. Now, Edmonton's an interesting one because there have been a lot of Philip Roberg connections to this pick over the last yeah, 48 so hours. that's who I had originally. But as I read more and more into the players available, still available in but our But keep draft. in mind, we're hybriding this. So it's not just your best player available. <laughs> yeah, so I think they go Broberg, which isn't the person I'd be uh, who I'm going to pick. Um, who would you pick? I would pick Matthew Boldy. I'd like a winger here for them. They but you... need to score goals outside of Dreisaitl and McDavid. So then Boldy over Caulfield. Yes. Interesting. I like that pick, honestly. I, I like either Boldy you know, or Caulfield to Edmonton, but I Caulfield do... is the one guy, if he doesn't produce, they're going to be like, well, I, I told you so. Look how small he is. And Edmonton needs a little bit more of a sure package. And I think with Boldy being above average height, um, he's got great hands that can score. So I think, you know, you put him with McDavid in the first season, he's going to throw up like 20, 40 goals, you know? Uh, all right. So to move things along a little bit uh, for Anaheim, I think they'll be... Uh, in a morbid way, pretty appreciative of uh, Peyton Krebs's injury. I think to have a premier center available to them at pick nine to replace the outgoing stars that they have, um, Peyton Krebs will be a very easy pick uh, for the Ducks. Ninth overall. Tenth for Vancouver, if they keep it. Who did we put on the record as uh, Edmonton's pick there? Boldy or Broberg? Boldy. Boldy. Boldy? Okay. So right now, if I'm the Vancouver GM, the, like I'd... I would consider myself absolutely insane to not pick Vasily Podkoles in here. But here's the thing. Vancouver's in win-now mode, and they're probably not going to want to wait two years. So I don't think they pick Vasily Podkoles. And they're shopping Chris Tanev right now. They don't have a lot of depth up front. So they're in a very interesting position to go a lot of ways here. But... They need secondary scoring, and Cole Caulfield is still sitting there. So I think the smart pick for Vancouver, given that they won't take Bot Colson, will be Cole Caulfield. Philly at number 11. Oh, Gritty spent a lot of time in this country in the offseason. He enjoyed the vodka, and it may have influenced the decision of who the Philadelphia picks, and they are taking Vasily Pod Colson. You oh. think Philly is going to be the team that's going to be patient? Oh, yeah. We're going wild. They're going to take it. Okay, so pick number 12 for Minnesota. Uh, there's a lot here. Um, I think that's another easy one. I think if Alex Newhook falls that far, he's a talent that's possibly only being ranked that lower would fall that low because of all the insane talent above him. But it might be a guy that we look back on and say, why did we draft all these people ahead of him? Uh, so I think Alex Newhook would be a great value pick for Minnesota at 12th overall. Uh, 13th for Florida. Spencer Knight. I knew you were going to do it. Literally the easiest one. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. Team needs a goalie, has franchise goalie available possibly. Take him. Oh, man, this list is not friendly. <laughs> he was 12th on Bob McKenzie's ranking, so he technically fell a spot there. That was the highest I've seen uh, a goalie in some time. I think it was the highest he's had a goalie ranked in like eight years or something. Something like that, yeah. There, there has been a lot. Um, again, getting back to the rumors and what's circulating, there's been a lot connecting Florida tonight over the last... 48 hours. Can you give me a rundown of uh, where we are here? 
Uh, Hughes, Kako, Turcotte, Doc, Byram, Cousins, Zegris, Boldy, Krebs, Caulfield, Damn it. Pod Colson, Newhook, Spencer Knight. And you are drafting for Arizona at 14th overall. Ooh, numbers guy. Oh, you, f- you screwed me. I think I know. I think Ooh. I know who the if numbers I'm guy. If I'm Cheka, I think I know who I'm taking because he's a little. He went off the board last year. Um, I think I know exactly who he'd take. I think so too. I have really? a guess. I'm gonna see I, if you I'm guys gonna, took my pick for him actually. Which was I had Alex Newhook there. I don't okay, think he goes that far honestly. <clears throat> no, but I'm um, curious. I fuck. Why you have to do this right before I pick? Fuck. Um, I think Brad, can you sit still? It's bothering the ever living hell out of me <laughs> as I try and figure out who to do here. Uh, there's dis- there's distractions on the draft floor, Evan. Learn that's to deal. True. It's a hot that's bed. That's true. Uh, ring, ring, hi. It's Montreal. We'd like to trade up. Yeah. Hey, Evan, I'd try, like to try to trade for my time back, please. Uh, yeah, say I owe you a bunch. <laughs> Jim Gregory's now um, on the mics announcing Montreal is up for the pick because Arizona's time has elapsed. <laughs> yeah, we should have one-minute timers. Um, You guys have fucked me. I'm going to... Ferk. Yeah, sorry. This is a fa- family show. Um, They're going to draft... Uh, They're going to take Cameron York. Cam York, okay, wouldn't have been my pick. Well, you took Newhook. I had a couple other options, but I, th- I think he, he would slot in well on that okay. roster. Cam York isn't even showing up on this list. What a stupid list this is. I think they would have went Kaliev. I think they would have went Kaliev, too. If you're talking about a guy whose numbers project way above where he's ranked, and if you can get him to pan out, Kaliev could be one of the best scorers in this draft. So what we're saying is you're stupid, Evan. Right. Anyways, Cam York uh, to... <laughs> It's not far where I had far off where I had York ranked though. Uh, Montreal is uh, oh they no secret what they're looking for here left defense. That's gonna they, there's been so many rumors flying around about that. Really, I've read that from several outlets. Don't you think that they'd want another centerman? Do they need one though? Caught Kinyemi, Paling, um, and Domi. Was that sarcasm? I couldn't tell. No, it wasn't. Oh. I just no, that was their biggest need last summer. But they actually did a pretty good job of plugging all of the top three nine, and Anyways. that's and that's even Philippe Dano going all the way down to the fourth line, and he had like fifty points this year. This aligns almost perfectly with my ranking for uh, where Philip Broberg is. I think Cam York would have been Montreal's pick if he was there, but if Philip Broberg's still on the board at fifteen, that'd be an easy pick for Montreal. That would be a no-brainer for Montreal at that point. Colorado's second pick. So we've drafted the forward. They need. So what do they do at the next pick? They're going to draft a defenseman. Because Are you going to do, do this? Am I going to do Thomas Harley? Oh, okay. I'm going Thomas Harley. All right. That's not, I thought maybe you were going to take more. Can you ma- No. No. Thomas Harley. Can you imagine putting him on a pairing with Kale McCarr in, the, in a few years? You get your lefty-righty offensive juggernauts. They'd be unstoppable. There's your... Power play quarterbacks, one and two. Uh, Vegas at 17. Brad's making my life easy, and they're taking Moritz Sider. Moritz Sider at 17. So I don't think Moritz Sider is bad value there, and I don't think he's bad value anywhere past like 13 in this draft. But I want people to be wary of ranking him as the second-best defenseman in this draft. I think he's gotten Wait, a lot people of people. Wait, people are doing that? Yeah. And, you know, it's fair to consider any defenseman that's not Byram. You know, they're a little bit funny defenseman drafting them, so... If you're, He's got a bit of a hype train right now. Yeah, and that's exactly it. So I, I'd be a little bit wary. Um, Dallas at 18. This is tough. 
Now we're getting into the picks where nobody really has been paying any attention to what they're going to do because no. nobody cares. No, I don't really know exactly from uh, – I don't know exactly what Dallas is looking for. Um, I think they're kind of a hard team to predict. They always act a little funky. Sometimes they take best player available religiously. Sometimes they don't. Um, but Corey Promen had it out there that there's no way Victor Soderstrom makes it past Dallas. So if he's there, uh, I will trust Corey on that one, and I will take Victor Soderstrom. It's hey, it's not like they haven't had success recently with right-handed shooting Swedish defensemen. No, honestly. Okay. Okay. What's next? Oh, sorry, Ottawa. Ottawa. Hey, they finally get to pick um, a team that is probably very upset. Spencer Knight's off the board. A team that really isn't lacking at any position at this point in the draft. I think they're just going to take best player available. <coughs> And I think they would be pleasantly surprised if Ryan Suzuki falls all this way. Ryan Suzuki, uh, 20 for Winnipeg. Was Arthur Kaliev drafted yet? Uh, oh, God. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. yeah. No, he didn't. I, I should have. <laughs> I thought he was off the board. <laughs> Idiot. But you know what? I, this is, it's not unheard of for him to fall here. Winnipeg I, is thawing out for a day <laughs> until it's winter again. <laughs> and you think Arthur Kaliev. Hopefully it's as cold as his hometown. Arthur Kaliev, uh, pick 21 for the Penguins. Um, they need defensemen. They don't exactly have a great defensive core right now. Um, I think if... Uh, I'm going to go Vili Heinola there. I'm going to go Heinola for Pittsburgh at 21. That's a high pick. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, 22 for L.A. <clears throat> Los Angeles, so they have already got Bowen Byram, and they are super, super happy with themselves, knowing they hit an absolute home run, so they can afford to gamble with this pick. I know it. Do it. Do it. I legitimately don't know who you're getting at. Is it, I, is I'm it Bobby B? No. That's who it's, I have. <laughs> it, it, it's Bobby B. Oh, okay. Ah. It's Bobby B. Bobby Brink. They can afford to take a gamble on... Of small forward, high, high scoring ceiling, smart player, really awkward skater. But hey, you got Bowen Byram. He'll cover for Bobby Brink's skating deficiencies. Just let Bobby B do his thing. All right, Evan. You're all taking my players, so this makes it more difficult. Um, Like, I mean, you could have just read my list, Ryan, and knew that was Bobby B. I don't have your list up. Uh, true. True sabotage. <laughs> Uh, can we get a rundown of the past? Let's go fifth, ten. Uh, yeah, 15, fifteen onwards is Broberg, Harley, Sider, Kaliev, Suzuki. Um, no, that's not right. Suzuki, Kaliev, Hainola, Brink. Yep, all my players are gone. Okay. Uh, Evan drafts himself. Yes, out of the uh, Linamar Beer League. <laughs> Uh, they're going to God. What does what does? Okay, I'm the getting Islanders the goddamn need... timer out, Evan. <laughs> Evan, buddy, you got you came prepared, man. You just got to trust your uh, list. I'll go up, go with Philip Tomasino. That's a great pick, actually. I really like that pick. There you go. That's uh, who I had. Nashville, Nashville at twenty four. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I I think if Raphael Lavoie falls to twenty four. Um, oh, he was still available. Nashville whoops. would be happy to take him. That's whoops. 25 for Washington. Washington, a team that system is very thin right now. 
at pretty much all positions. So I think once again, this is a team that can gamble on some skill because they're good now and can be for a while. So they can take a guy who is pre- who's going to need some time to develop. Nils Hoaglander. Ah, yeah, I think that's a great pick. Uh, Niels Hoaglander is possibly the most, the best puck handler in this draft, and I think people are ignoring that. Like a Thomas yeah. Yurko, some would say. Yeah, but <laughs> Hoaglander plays a lot faster than Yurko did. Uh, pick 26 for Calgary. The team that is in the win-now mode who wants someone to come into their roster Ooh, right I, now and win. I know where he's going. Where? Are the initials BL? Yes, they are. Yes, the, Brett Leeson. There we go. He Prince. is the perfect player to step into that roster. The double overager. Uh, Tampa Bay at 27, I think if... Oh, boy, that's actually a very interesting pick. Uh, I can see him shooting for a Ryan Johnson here. I don't know where their need is on defense, um, but I like Ryan Johnson at 27. The the smooth, skating, smart defenseman who we all wonder if the offense is there or not. 28 for Carolina. Carolina. Oh, they are definitely going forward because their owner said they're not allowed to pick defensemen in the first round. So that narrows my list down. So if I'm just going to go the highest forward on my list at this point, hey, my boy, Braden Tracy. I figured you'd take Tracy around here. That's not a bad value for him. No. Who did we take with Anaheim's first pick? Uh, Anaheim's first Krebs. pick was Peyton Krebs. So you have him at 29 here. Peyton Krebs, a, a centerman. I'm narrowing you d- your time down. You have 15 seconds here. So I've got two options. One people have overlooked is Connor McMichael. I really like him. I was seconds. fortunate to watch him play several times this year. I was pretty impressed with him. Um, Never went more than two games without a point all season. Yeah, oh. that's nuts. Um, but they also, yeah, I'm going Connor McMichael for Anaheim. Connor McMichael, uh, pick 30, uh, for Boston. Oh, that's another tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Albin Greve here to take a page out of, uh, Brad and Max's book. That's your boy. Yeah. Uh, and last one that we'll do for this mock draft. We won't go all the way to 35. Uh, Brad pick 31 round us out here. With the St. Louis Blues. Is this St. Louis's pick? Why did I have a feeling they traded it away? Oh, sorry, Boston. Bu- uh, Buffalo's. Buffalo. Buffalo. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was saying, Buffalo already has one Trevor Zegris. They need, they need someone that Trevor Zegris can give the puck to. Someone who can keep up with him, fly around a little bit, get open for him. Nick Robertson from the Peterborough Peets. All right. I think I just went like... Isn't it Matthew... Ro- no, he's no, defensive. Nick, no, yeah. I went with the forward. Nick Robertson. Uh, yeah. So our first... Uh, our final mock draft, which is a combination of what we would do and what we think will happen. Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, Alex Turcott, Kirby Dock, Bowen Byram to the Red Wings, Dylan Cousins. I don't like our mock draft. Trevor Zegras, <laughs> uh, Matthew Boldy, Peyton Krebs, Cole Caulfield, Vasily Podkolzin, Alex Newhook, Spencer Knight, Cam York, Philip Broberg... Uh, Thomas Harley, Moritz Sider, Soderstrom, Suzuki, Kaliev, Hainola, Brink, Tomasino, Lavoie, Hoglander, Leeson, Johnson, Tracy, McMichael, Greve, and Robertson. This is the fun part about the NHL draft that people have to realize what's going to happen here. Because as I was paying attention to my list, almost every pick I made, I picked a guy who was five, six, seven spots higher than the actual slot I was picking at. 
And that's how almost every single NHL team is going to feel. That's what's going to happen to their list. This is why every fan base is usually happy after the draft. Yeah, right? Like, you're always going to get a guy that you thought you wouldn't get. And think of all the people that we left on the board here that would then be available for Detroit at 35. Yeah, I still have a bunch of guys that have ranked in my first round on the board. Yeah, so it's uh, there's a lot to be thrilled with here. Again, <laughs> don't get married to the Zegers pick. Don't get married to the idea of Byram or Turcotte falling because there's so much available for Detroit. But really, if it's upsetting you a lot, there's three picks in the second round. There's a lot to happen on day two. That's where the meat of the draft is in, believe it or not. All right. Uh, and with that, we're going to head over to uh, Patreon where our patrons, thank you all so much for supporting us through this pre-draft content. And uh, lines up that our last pre-draft episode uh, ends up being a Patreon uh, exclusive overtime because uh, it's a midweek episode. So we are going to get to your comments. Oh, boy, 22 of you. You are keen today. Um, so we will start with, where are we here? Luke Johnson says, could you guys speculate how many years before each of your top prospects are in the NHL? Okay, so let's do uh, Byram, Turcotte, and Zegris. How many years until each of them are in the NHL? Byram will be one more year in Vancouver, NHL. Zegris will be two years at BU. And who is the other one? Turcotte. One year at Wisconsin. I think a year and a half for Turcotte, if not one. He can't jump out after a half year. He's in the NCAA. Oh, that's true. Don't he might get like that. a he might get like a ten game cup of tea at the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, that's what. Mm, yeah, did that wrong. Casby uh, says uh, hypothetically, say Krebs's injury spooks some teams and begins to fall down the draft board. At what pick do you begin to scream at the TV for Stevie to trade up, and how many seconds would you be willing to give up? Uh, Twenty five. And I'd give up one extra second because Detroit. At that point, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Crapshoot. Ha! Garrett TV says, Dub Dub Hockey Ninjas, I'd like to present you with two scenarios. In scenario one, you're very happy uh, because with the sixth overall pick in the 2019 draft, the Red Wings select the exact player that you wanted. Within reason, no Hughes, Kako, duh. In scenario two, you are not enthused because we drafted someone you're not a fan of and passed on better players. So my question for you is, which beer are you reaching for after each scenario? After a good outcome, I'm probably skipping beer and going straight for scotch. In a less preferable outcome, I'd probably still go for something decent, like an IPA that's over hop, still drinkable. Because at the end of the day, it's still a, a damn good beer, and we should probably be thankful we have it. And it's not Miller Lite, a.k.a. the Nail Yakupov of beers. Cheers, fellas. Let's go Red Wings. If the Red Wings take someone I want, I will be reaching for that nice bottle of uh, Weiser's that Nick Sagan sent us that we are yet to crack. Yeah. If the Red Wings take someone I'm not overly pleased with, I will be reaching for the bleach. Um, I think if the Red Wings take Zegris or get one of Byron Maturcut, I'll drink one of my nice bottles of scotch that I've yet to open. And if they don't, I'm drinking my sugary, crappy coffee whiskey liqueur. <laughs> Just to get drunk as fast <laughs> as possible to punish myself. Uh, Warm Chord Music uh, says, so the Hockey News podcast has Chicago taking Cousins in their mock draft, which I was pretty surprised by. Yeah, How that's not happening. However, it was the second mock draft I, re I reviewed today that has the Wings taking Caulfield and passing on Zegras, which I find hard to believe would happen considering he's a center. I would be uh, happy with either, but Zegras' creativity and playmaking abilities off the charts and imagining him on a line with Athanasiu and Zadina seems downright exciting for us and scary for other teams. I know you're not supposed to get attached to a particular player at the draft, but I hope they take him if he's there in Caulfield. If he's not, the ceiling is just too high for both of them to pass on. Honestly, I agree with a lot of that sentiment, but prepare to maybe be disappointed. Uh, Joe Falzone says, what's a one-for-one -one trade that can make us better now and long-term? And what about just long-term? Well, long-term, you're just trading for another first-round pick or something like that. But Yeah, you're sucking. A one-for-one one one trade that might be realistic, Athenasiu for Gossespierre? Yeah. 
I don't think that would be enough, but it might it's be. It's not enough. far off. It's, it's he's not. a 30-goal scorer. We do tend to undervalue Athanasiu based on his previous years, but he did score 30 this year. Joseph Fournier says, I'm done scouring the web for mocks. All these scouting reports look the same, and the, anal- the analyses of Detroit's needs from other columnists and bloggers are scattered at best. Ellie in Colorado, who knows what they'll do? I've learned more by listening to you guys and by watching highlight reels on YouTube. Just watch a bunch of Cousins and Doc. Cousins looks exciting in the offensive zone. He's got a quick, accurate shot, great instincts, and his passing game is better than people generally give him credit for. He doesn't use his body as much as he could, though. I'd be happy with the Wings drafting him if Byram, Turcotte, and Zegras are gone. However, whichever team drafts him, he'll slot in as a wing. As for Doc, uh, what I've seen is a lot of crease crashing. I don't see the skill that these scouts keep talking about, and I wonder if it's just old-school types who are hyped about his size. I would not be happy with Detroit taking him at six uh, every year there's a hold my beer moment last year is john shaka taking barrett hayton at fifth for phoenix no one saw it coming no one valued him that high so what do each of you predict could potentially be this year's hold my beer moment have fun with this cheers fellas thanks for all the hard work your summer break is almost here stay fresh cheese bags thank caulfield. you caulfield caulfield going high would be my whole I, I was hold gonna say beer. based on my rankings it's not that far off but i think the hold my beer moment that we could legitimately see is caulfield to the kings Caulfield to the Kings would outrank it, outrank my second one that I'm thinking of, which would be Doc third or Cousins third. That would, yeah, that would be the hold the beer moment. Uh, but no, yeah. my hold my beer moment is okay. It's going to be a culmination of things. If Chicago and Colorado both go centerman like we think they will, my hold my beer moment would be LA taking anybody but Bowen Byram. Yeah. Because yeah. then I would legitimately need someone to hold my beer because I'm going streaking. You want to know another <laughs> one that I've seen that I've actually... I don't think it'll happen this way. But Zegers is getting a lot of looks set up as a potential superstar. Zegers third. The only downside is out of every... I've seen almost every scenario in every mock draft over the last 40 hours. You know the one scenario I haven't seen yet? What? Is Byram actually falling to six. So that would be the hold my beer moment. Uh, Sean Stephen Cook says, all right, enough draft. How about that Hayes signing? Are we at a point where seven million is a new four million? Some of the signings recently have been questionable, but this one just seems too obvious that there's something I'm missing. Wish my industry worked like that. Right. Do you guys think that contracts from this point forward will be, will be much more inflated than the values we know today? If the cap goes up, it will be. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, uh, imp- like, uh, I don't know. The, the fluctuations don't always align with how much the cap is increasing. I think we see the market inefficiencies in both directions. And we're just in a phase right now where a lot of star players are having to be paid under an increasing cap. And earlier. And earlier. And thus, they're, I think it'll normalize a little bit. Uh, Casby says, describe the Dub Dub family using the 2018 Red Wings. I'll go first. Mika clearly is pure chaos and thus a little Bert. Um, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. They have almost the same number of teeth. No. <laughs> no, Mika has all hers. Oh, true. Um, who's a happy-go-lucky guy in the wings who's just always just thrilled to be there? Luke Wachowski. Yeah. <sighs> no, he fights people. I don't fight people. You don't He's fight Ollie, people. He's Ollie, a boxer. Yeah, okay. okay. Luke Wachowski is Ollie. A lot of bark. Pretty, <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke Wachowski. <laughs> pretty useless. Uh, but we love him. Some people love him, I guess. Um, Brad. Brad, Brad, Brad. Who are you? The happy go- Who's the happiest go lucky Red Wing? Honestly, isn't it Larkin? No, Larkin's always pissed off. I knew oh, you'd yeah, give yourself been... Larkin. No, but no, he's, he's, not the, Lark- he's the happy guy in the interviews. It would have been Tatar when Tatar was here. No, it would have been. Yeah, nah. no, Tatar would have been a good one. Uh I'm thinking of someone someone who's like dumb happy, like just always. Might have to go to Grand Rapids for this. Madison Bowie is always really cheery. You just always do your best. 
I think you're Madison Bowie. <laughs> Evan. I can't think of anybody else for Brad. Evan's Thomas Vanek, right? Doesn't always <laughs> show up, but you know the skill is there. <laughs> yeah. Just does whatever Maybe. the hell he wants. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. Come on. Do me. Ryan, okay. We need someone jaded, bitter, and cynical. <laughs> you're Jeff Blashill. <laughs> <laughs> You make a lot of weird faces when Brad and I say things that are borderline offensive. Yeah, I do, actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, your memes for 60 is not quite at that level, but you know, it's you, up ha- there. you have a prospect level of memes per 60. It's up there. Uh, John Evans says, hey guys, greetings from Ohio. You guys have mentioned that Eisenman has really preached patience as he takes over. It's worth mentioning that he said the same thing when he took over the Lightning, but by 2011, that team had made it to the conference finals, losing to the eventual cu- uh, cup champion Bruins. Uh, granted, a lot of that losing, uh, or a lot of that was due to an unreal performance by Dwayne Rollison, but it's good to know anything is possible. It's nice to feel optimistic about this team for once. Anyways, if you're drafting alcoholic beverages, what would be your first overall pick and why? Oh, it'd be beer without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. it's got to be beer. Uh, I think wine should go top five. I think scotch could be a, a sneaky number four pick. Wine is the Kirby Doc of this draft, vastly overrated. So he's going top five then. He's it's going top five in anybody else's draft, but mine. Uh, yeah, I maybe I would consider Scotch second overall. I'm gonna go um, beer, whiskey number two. Then I don't much care after that. <laughs> so you're a huge recap. You're, the, you're the you're the New York Rangers of, of yeah, the NHL. You got it. Um, Rowan says, hey, Dud Duds, happy two-month anniversary. Uh, so Jeff Gordon has been doing a pretty good job recently for the Rangers. To even things up, I propose Dave Gettleman runs their draft and makes a few <laughs> trades for them. I love that. Yes. Uh, prediction time again. Can't double-select a player. You get to choose an order of popularity. So Ryan, absentee, then the other one. Who are the wings taking at six? The murmurs have been starting to open up a bit in the last few days. So I predicted Cousins. Evan, you have to make a choice here. Who do you think they will take? Who they will take? Yeah. Uh, fuck. I mean, Ferk. Sorry, it's a family show. I forgot. Um, <laughs> um, I will say they take Pod Colson. And you're at Pod as well, so I'm not allowed to take Pod Colson. Oh yeah, I'm... you're not allowed to take Pod okay because Pod Colson would have been my guess. Um, I guess the next most likely scenario here would be Doc falling to six. What is going on upstairs? Mika got new hockey skates. Oh, my it's, God. No, Mika's got the giant knives from Silent Hill. Uh, jersey time. What less appreciated random player's jersey would you most like to own any to- any team, any time? As a Wings example, think Matt Duchesne's dad, Steve Duchesne. It's not his dad. <laughs> or <laughs> someone who's... He even spelled it the right way the second time. I love that he's doing that. Or someone who's briefly on a team like Wendell Clark Red Wings. What was uh, the... What? What? Well, underappreciated player's jersey. Um... Miro Chatan, uh Sabers. Oh, that's a good one. Maxima Finneganov. That's a good one. We're going. We're all going Sabers. Oh, oh, yeah. I wasn't listening to Ryan. Um, <laughs> underappreciated player. Evan, think of a better one. What Bill Guerin. Okay, yeah. Oh, I like that's that one. a good one. I'm trying to think right now. Pavel Dimitra, maybe. Eh, he eh. he wasn't really that eh. underappreciated in his day. I'm trying Rest to peace. think of someone from the mid '90s when jerseys were at their peak. Joe, who, no, Joe Noondike was good. Uh, oh, give me that Claude Anaheim Lemieux? Ducks Oleg Teverdoski. 
All right, I'm going to move us along here. Scott Fultz says, Hey, Max, really impressive how you pull off this three-man show, changing voices and personality and staying in character, especially while interviewing your real-life self. Anyways, in terms of draft history, who would you say the greatest pick out of the last 30 years is? Arbitrary starting point uh, determined by my birth, so deal with it. Fedorov, Lidstrom, Datsuk, Zetterberg, or Kindle? <laughs> it's Lidstrom. This isn't up for debate. Yeah, you drafted one of the greatest players of all time at that position. You know, I have to agree. You know, you draft one of the best defensemen, Jakob Kindle of all time. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Nick Toyas, I'm gonna my my guest this week is Nick Toyas. Toyas, Nick Toyas says, uh, "Hey gents, it's humoring listening to Ryan shit. <laughs> Call me out. Uh, it's humoring li- listening to Ryan try to pronounce my last name. So far, o-, o for two. Little hint: the E is silent. Uh, good luck." Um, everything the Rangers has been doing these past two years during the rebuild has been fun to watch. On paper, this is how how you quickly rebuild a franchise. Uh, but we haven't seen how any of these players perform. They could all bust, and then they are back to square one. I highly doubt this happens, but for hypothetical fun, these players bust, Kako being the exception. How does the franchise recover if these players don't perform how they're projected to perform and Gordon is out of a job? I mean, then they become Buffalo, right? That's what Buffalo (laughs) Edmonton, worst case scenario? Yeah. Uh, Chris Canal says, hey, boys, I've seen a lot of scouts really high on Matthew Boldy, saying he was 100-plus point potential, and I just want to know if you concur. Being a winger, I, f- I feel like it really depends on who your center is to drive the play, but I guess if he can do that himself, then that's why he's ranked so high. Of course, you always want to take BPA, but I don't think I'd be upset if they took Boldy. I just don't think that'd be the right pick at six. Love to get your guys' take on him. Thanks for all the hard work leading up to the draft and beyond. Have a good one, guys. He's uh, still there at six. He's still there. Move back. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Boldy is really not getting enough appreciation for exactly what you mentioned, potential output. Um, That being said, I think the amount of risk compared to the potential reward would mean that six might be a touch high depending on the other guys that are there. But I think no matter who gets him, he's going to be getting a great value. Honestly, if he went as high as six, I could see the justification from that GM. He So here's the thing with Boldy. Again, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but... He he played on the same team in the same situation as Cole Caulfield, and Cole Caulfield had almost twice as many goals. So he should go behind Cole Caulfield no matter what happens. If you need a scoring winger, Boldy's pick two. Yes. <laughs> At the highest. Uh, Casby also says, real talk, Brad, now that it appears that the Wings are most certainly drafting Doc if he's there. Is there a deep, deep dark place inside of you that will be secretly rooting for him to fail just to prove you right? I know you'll be rooting for the kid because that means success for the franchise, but what's the breakdown? Is it 100% four or a touch lower? It's 100% four, but you bet your ass I'm going to have and I told you so in my back pocket if it gets to that point. That is the exact way to look at it. Yeah, like I'll be I'll be the kid's biggest fan and if he turns into the star I'll be one of the first guys to buy his jersey. Like uh Hunter Saunders says sup guys, not really a question but more of an observation. So I've just listened to the Bobcast and starting to look more into last minute draft rankings. Bob and company are crazy high on Doc and not so much on Zegers, whereas more U.S.-based guys are the complete opposite. Just an interesting observation of each country thinking more of their own guys. So let's just draft Zegers because America. Uh, it's interesting. You got to remember to note, though, Bob, that's not his rankings. Bob's rankings tend to be the most accurate because he literally pulls NHL scouts to get their list and then just compiles it based on averages. So if Kirby Doc's and Bob McKenzie's top five, that means more scouts than not that he talked to have him in their top five. Uh, I lost. So there's no bias there at all. Uh, you know what? It's funny because we're three Canadians and we all rank Zegers higher. So I think that may- brings a tie over to Zegers. We have a lot of flaws as a podcast, but we're pretty good at staying objective. I pulled my NHL scouts on mine. <laughs> um, I'm actually friends with one NHL scout and I didn't consult him at all. 
Alex Zuko says, uh, hey guys, like Nick above, I have to humorously point out that Ryan is 0 for 2 in my last name as well. If any of you guys have seen the movie Grease and remember Travolta's full name, you'll have it. What's Travolta's full name in Greece? I, I, not a clue. Uh, not a, yeah, I got nothing. Is that the question? I Greece, didn't hear. John. I couldn't Travolta. tell you John Travolta's first name in Greece. Uh, I'm looking it up. It's not even telling me who it is. Oh man, this is a nightmare. Anyways, uh, back to the question. Uh, as for my question, I would like to hear your number one realistic guy that you want at pick 35. Thank you, dudes. Number one realistic, Braden Tracy. Braden Tracy outside shot to Niels Hoglander. I don't think he gets that far, but I would love that. We said the same thing about Bergen, right? Nah, Bergen was rated lower than Hoaglander is. Okay, cast of Greece. Danny Zuko. Oh, yeah, it is Zuko. I got it. Um, Joshua Bzura says, hey, boys, first question is a while. Uh, I've been punishing myself. First question in a while. I've been punishing myself for triggering Evan's six-episode-long dramatic pause. Since Pool Party wants out of Edmonton, I think there could be a potential first move between Eisenman and Holland here. What do you guys think would be fair? What would be best case? This is off the top of my head. and would probably need plenty of work, but I think a decent starting point could be one of the lower seconds and Helm, maybe with some salary retained. Uh, the asking price I saw was a third line forward, and I know Kent, uh, Kenny thinks Helm is one. I think the lower second could work as a sweetener for Helm's contract. Keep up the good work as always, boys. Second and Helm won't even come close. If they, if it gets oh my God, if that's the Helm, asking, oh. they, they are still going to be viewing Jesse Pugliarvi as a top five pick, as they should. So uh, if you're looking at what Edmonton will ask in return, it's going to be for one of the Red Wings' young premium assets. So not that Detroit would do it, but they would be asking for Valeno, Hironik, Chalosky, someone along those lines. They're going to start with Zadina. That's where they would start. And then work their way down. Uh, Adam Flett says, evening all. Some interesting tweets today. What's your take on the following? Puliarvi being available. Maybe we could trade him for him. Uh, we just chatted about that. Vancouver wants our six. What do they have that we want uh, to fall back four spots? Could it be a lot of pieces both ways? I think if it gets into a lot of pieces, it's not worth it. I think if we're not talking a first round pick or like if they want to be crazy and do something for Quinn Hughes, we're not doing it. They're not doing Quinn Hughes. Maybe. No. No, no, no. They'd they, be they would offer a prospect level of like Adam Gaudet or Oli Olevi, and I don't think that's enough to get it done. Uh, anyways, not long now till we can uh, buy the Doc T-shirt. What number though? Fetch S seventy seven. Looking forward to the lost draft episode or the last draft episode. This uh, that was the best last year. Thank you for all the work you guys do. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I will buy that doctor jersey immediately. I got a very inappropriate shirt for him. Uh, Michael Barry oh, says, God. with reports of the <laughs> cap maxing around uh, around eighty two point one million, and with Marlowe only wanting to play for San Jose, what do you think we can get from Toronto to buy him out? And would you want to do this? Same thing applies for Clarkson for Vegas. Keep up the good work. Uh, major assets. All right, if I'm getting Marlowe out of Toronto to buy him out, I'm asking for Lilligan or Bracco. Yeah. I, I think that's the piece you And do. the Leafs are in a horrible spot with the cap potentially barely moving up and trying to sign Marner. It's going to cost you. The, the, the cap going lower is beneficial for Detroit because yeah. now teams oh, yeah. will be more desperate and Detroit's in a position to now maximize the, the value. The price is going up. Uh, Rob Rasso says, hey, guys. First off, just want to mention that I fangirled pretty hard hearing you guys talk about my first comment on the podcast. Seriously, can't tell you guys how much I love this podcast. That makes me so happy. And that is the coolest thing to hear. Rob, thank you so much for your support, Can you man. pull your pants back up? <laughs> Can you put some pants on? Uh, Fair point. <laughs> my question is, how is Byram not the wing's top priority right now? If Byram is as good as he sounds with the ceiling that he has as a top two defender, I firmly believe the wings need to make a trade to the three slash four spot, preferably three. 
We desperately need an all-star defenseman on this team, period. What would this trade look like with Chicago? I'm thinking Athens CU plus six for three and Kruger. Uh, Blackhawks get a centerman they need and still have a good center to select at six. Red Wings get a solid bottom nine center in Byram. Any potential here? Would you do it? I really just think the Wings need to swing a deal to get Byram. Thanks for the time, guys. Keep up the good work. Kruger isn't viewed as an asset. Athens CU would be way too much to get up. Best case scenario would be six and 35. So here's the thing. I think he makes a good point here in that we should be exploring this conversation a little bit more. I still wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't do it because Zegers is on the board in my mind, or there's a chance that Byram or Turcotte falls. But if, say you know for a fact that board is going Byram, Turcotte, Zegers, or Turcotte, Byram, Zegers, based on our rankings, not what the team thinks, but based on our rankings, I would I would give up six and a piece for three or four. I don't know if I'd go all the way up to three because I I'm I would hedge my bets that Chicago's not taking him and I'd be on the phone with Colorado because this is found money for them so they'd probably be more willing to deal to get an extra asset out of it so if six and thirty five to jump up two spots I, I could see them doing that and I would do that if I was Detroit. Okay, that is it. That is all of our pre-draft content for 2019. So to come Friday. Uh, for the draft, we'll, we'll have a live stream going. Brad and I, uh, you can watch along with us. No, it's not the actual uh, draft. That would be illegal, and we'd get sued for that. But Have you wh- seen the guy who he was on Twitch? He was streaming the UFC fight. But he was yeah. pretending to play it? He was pretending to play it. That's so funny. <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. <laughs> Pretend to play. Dra- oh, I would instantly buy an NHL I'll, draft I'll game. just be the guy making the announcements. I'll stand next to the TV and just lip sync everything. But we you're- can just do like a theatrical recreation of what's happening on the TV. Oh, yeah. Theatrical recreation of a hockey draft. That'll be yeah. throwing TV. It'd be fun to see if I could nail the which who's about to pick. Would my mouth sync up or no? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that live stream Friday, it'll be open to everyone. We'll post the link on Twitter. It'll be a YouTube live stream. Uh, join in. Watch along with us. Chat ask us questions sunday will be a post-draft recap episode uh that we will have max and possibly others on that we just have to but definitely max and we'll be uh, recapping everything from the draft uh and then we have another special episode our last piece of draft specific content which will be coming out the wednesday thereafter uh that'll be a big one as well it's one we've had planned for a long time and then we move into one episode a week up until next season so it'll be sundays mostly I mean, the first one after might be a Monday because of a long weekend uh, until the next, uh, rest of the season. So, guys, thank you for following along all of our pre-draft content. We will chat with you on Friday. We will chat with you on Sunday. I want to thank all of our listeners, everyone who supports us, all of our Patreon supporters, our name-level sponsors, Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Ryan Alant, Ryan Lewis... Hannah Lee, thank you all so much. Uh, There's going to be a big giveaway for our post-draft episode, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wingedwheelpod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.